you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. On today's NFL Fantasy Live podcast, look, anybody can give you a sleeper on the waiver wire. How about a deep sleeper on the waiver wire? Plus, we look at good playoff matchups and bad playoff matchups, not to mention a Monday nighter that proves big numbers for Colin Kaepernick. Is it a facade or is it reality? Something you can trust for the foreseeable future in your fantasy league. All that and more on today's NFL Fantasy Live Welcome to NFL Fantasy Live presented by Geico, the official fantasy football show of the National Football League. Michael Fabiano at the end, Akbar Baja Biamila, the former. <laughs> and I am at Money Smith. All right, let's get it rolling, guys. A Monday night football contest that produced some fantasy points if you started <laughs> one particular player with a very prodigious nose. Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> Robert Griffin III. Let's get to the first quarter. 49ers first and 10 deep in Redskins territory. But Kaepernick, oh, what do you know? See, it's you know, his with favorite this play, receiver. I thought I was going to beat Michael Fabiano, but he has Colin Kaepernick, so I was So there's stuck. that. How about and Antoine Bolden? 21.4 points. Yeah, it turns out he's a favorite target of somebody 11 seconds now left in the first quarter rg3 play action has his pass intercepted that's right well i don't know if that was so much an interception as it was a completion to Dante (laughs) whitner the 49ers would lead 10-6 at the half he was bruised battered beaten frustrated here we go third quarter first and goal for the niners kaepernick rolls Finds bold in his favorite target. I'm glad he didn't rush it in, but it the still didn't matter. You still beat me fast. Yard I got you. Good job, Quan. 17-6, 49ers. Now late third quarter, second and goal. Niners, Kaepernick fakes maybe, the handoff to Vernon maybe Davis. Maybe you want to cover Vernon Davis in yeah. the end zone. Uh, you maybe don't maybe. want to because he's a wide receiver in a tight end's body. Pass to Vernon Davis for the one-yard touchdown. Now 24-6, Niners. Fourth quarter, Redskins third and long, RG3. Yep, sacked. Uh, 12-yard loss by 49ers linebacker Ahmad Brooks. There were four 49er sacks on the night. You see it there, 13 Just points. not the same RG3. But there is the Aaron rodgers leak snap. Actually, you know what? No, Aaron Rodgers does the double snaps at the same time when he's really upset, specifically with other players. Here you go, Colin Kaepernick with the big night. People all excited about Kaepernick being back. Well, it was against one of the worst defenses, particularly pass defenses in the league. But, hey, get your points where you can get them. Yeah, give them credit. 
I'll give him a little bit okay. of credit. Okay, half credit. While at the same time mentioning the 20 passer rating he had against Seattle and how miserable he was against the Saints as well. 235 <laughs> yards. I'm just saying, you know. I mean, yeah, a lot of it comes down to who you're playing. There you see it, the 23.4 points. Anquan Bolden, his favorite target. If Kaepernick's going, then guess what? Bolden's probably going as well. And you tell someone they're going to get 11 points from a tight end, and these days they will sign up for you that. You know how your team had a bad night? When your kicker has the most fantasy points. That was bad. More uh, than your running back, no more than your quarterback. Ooh, RG3. Everyone. Can I get an eight clap for Kai Forbath? All right, let's get it started. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick, playoffs, tough matchups. What are we doing? Kaepernick is a guy now a matchup-based starter. He was a matchup-based starter going into this game. It was a great matchup. You played him. This week he's playing against the St. Louis Rams. A much tougher defense. Money, I see him as more of a low-end QB1 He's been inconsistent overall. But here's what I'll say about Colin Kaepernick. Here's what I saw in this game. He's getting his groove back. He went through that progress, that, that, that process where he had to actually go through this coming off of this honeymoon season. But he's starting to get back in the rhythm. You saw him making decisions. He could have ran it in here, but he relied on his reads and was able to fit those throws in. I like Colin Kaepernick. I'm just saying, you get excited about the 135 rating. Just remember, he had like a 20 against the Panthers, a 70 Stop against living the, in the I'm past. just saying. Players live in I'm the I'm looking at the, the future. Present. I'm looking at the future. Anquan Bolden going up against the Sherm Dog in the playoffs of the Seattle Seahawks. How do we feel about Bolden as a start? I like Anquan Bolden. I mean, you know, he's a guy that I can rely on as a flex player, and he's shown that. And especially when I'm talking about this chemistry between him and Kaepernick developing, even if Michael Crabtree come back, I still believe that he's going to trust Anquan and the timing of this offense. They're on good pace. Trust Anquan as a good flex. I guess the one thing about Bolden is you think about what he was able to do down the stretch with the Ravens and the playoffs with the Ravens. He is a big-time player in big-time games, and the Niners are going to need him now because that playoff spot, that wild-card spot, is not locked up. And and I'll I'll tell you another reason why Anquan's a good play. Did you see how many times uh, Colin Kaepernick was throwing the ball to Manningham? Now you bring all of a sudden Crabtree back into the fold. You're going to have an isolated Anquan Bolden to be productive. Let's let's go to the bad side, and you mentioned it. It's a bad night when a kicker has the most fantasy points, specifically when you have RG3, one of the top point producers in 2012, doing what he did last night, Fabs. And RG3, unfortunately, again, guys, has become a matchup-based starter. A couple of good games in a row, followed by an absolute stink bomb last night against the Niners. But I think we saw this coming. The Niners' defense has been playing so well. With that being said, he's playing the Giants next. The Giants' defense has been playing better, but to me, I still see RG3 as a low-end QB1 based on that matchup. Okay, let's, I'm I gonna, see you smiling. I do. You do, because I don't know if you're going to get to the Super Bowl if you have RG3 you're as your not. starting quarterback. But if you, you can play the matchups. I would play a guy so like Josh against McCown Dallas. against Dallas. Yeah, I, heck, that's I played, the Super Bowl. I'd RG3 play about everybody Dallas, against right? Dallas. But like this week, if yeah. I can pick up someone like Josh McCown, then I would do that. But I wouldn't suffer, oh, my gosh, RG3 has just been so terrible. Two of his last three games, he's been pretty good. Yeah, he's been, but way, you can't force RG3 now in your, in your lineup. And by the way, Alfred Morris also, I mean, he should be having a better year than he is. Look, whatever Kyle Shanahan has decided to do with that offense this season, it clearly is not working. He's still ripping off a decent yards per carry. He's just either not getting the touches or they're falling so far behind that he's not being used enough. Yeah, and I remember six touchdowns that went to Roy Hallou and Darrell yeah. Young that should have gone – to Alfred Morris, it's Shanahanigans, I tell you. Same thing, matchup based for Alfred Morris as well? You know what? I'm still relying on Alfred Morris. I am too. And, and it's just so hard because you don't know. It's not his fault. It's, it's the Shanahanigans. I well, mean, they just got to give him enough carries, and he'll be productive when he gets the ball. Kansas City in two weeks. Oof. Alfred Morris. 
Well, Kansas City didn't look so good right. last week, Ryan did Matthews. they? Well, all right, week 12 is over. Put it in your rearview mirror. Let's start looking toward week 13. You can begin with a look at our latest headlines. Thank you, guys. Let's get you caught up on all the latest news around the National Football League. The 49ers offense is headed in the right direction. Head coach Jim Harbaugh said after his team's 27-6 win in D.C. that wide receiver Michael Crabtree will play in Week 13 against the Rams. Adam Rank, before we get to you, I want to bring in Akbar here. Akbar suffered a torn Achilles. What is it like to return from this type of injury? Well, it's very hard to return from this injury. There's two elements. One is the mental aspect of it. When I suffered my Achilles injury, I couldn't trust that I had the same amount of spring. And that's the thing when it comes to it. When they're trying to get that long tendon, which is more like, like a band, you don't really know if you're going to have that same pop and explosion. And that could affect everything from your speed to other injuries. And that's where I'm concerned for Michael Crabtree. There's a lot of cutting going on when it comes to that wide receiver position, just like a defensive lineman. There's a lot of explosion and cutting to get around the edge. Akbar, we saw that zipper on NFL AM. Not pretty. Michael Crabtree available in 85% of leagues. We just saw in the highlight. It's been all Bolden, a little Vernon Davis. Is he valuable down the stretch? I w- he's not going to be valuable to your fantasy team. He's going to be valuable to the 49ers on the field because that'll be somebody that they have to account for. But the good news about Michael Crabtree, he's got no touchdowns, so he's tied for third on the team for most t- receiving touchdowns. Awesome. Winning. Yeah, they've been struggling just a bit there. Bears quarterback, meanwhile, Jay Cutler said Monday on his Chicago radio show that he hopes to play on Monday Night Football in Week 14. He's already been ruled out for Sunday. Adam, is Cutler a must-start when he returns? He's more of a matchup-based guy, and the one thing I do like about him is that when he, before he left, he was playing very well. You throw out the last game that he was playing in because he was clearly struggling against the Lions. But you look at anybody who's throwing to Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. That's a quarterback that I want to play. So. If you have a chance, if you're going to need a quarterback, if you have somebody like RG3, somebody who they're talking about who's struggling, who has bad matchups, go pick up Cutler right now. Have him on your bench, and then when that game comes upon you, then you make your decision. And for this week, as Fabs just said, Josh McCown against Minnesota. Great play. Jack Del Rio told reporters Monday that the Broncos expect tight end Julius Thomas to return from his knee injury this Sunday when the Broncos take on the Chiefs in Kansas City. Adam, do you expect him to make an immediate impact the way he did when he started the season, and you think Manning's missing him? Well, I don't know that he's missing. Well, he's missing. He had Demarius Thomas. He had Eric. This is Thanksgiving. He He needs to be thankful he has all these weapons. Yes, exactly. There are are quarterbacks in the league who are throwing to Scott Chandler. They're hungry. And he's being greedy, wanting Julius Thomas to come back. Of course, when he comes back, he'll be fine. But, yes, he'll he'll be good. I bristle at the fact that people think that he's missing. Julius Thomas. Right? Let's go to the city of brotherly love for a little holiday spirit, okay? It's official. Eagles head coach Chip Kelly has picked up starting court, has said his starting quarterback for the rest of the season, declaring who it is. Here's what he had to say this morning. Nick will be our starter, and uh, hopefully we'll get Mike back through a full week of practice, and uh, we'll be able to be the number two guy this week. Your starter moving forward for the rest of the year? Yeah, unless you know something I don't know. How about Nick Foles might lock up the NFC East? I'm shocked. Chip he was Kelly, so dramatic. He's, press conferences. Yeah, and he had to have a press conference. That, yeah, hey, you know the guy who's been killing it for me? Yeah, I'm going to stick with him. Exactly. No brainer there. One more quarterback. No injured Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers took part in individual drills today in practice. However, Coach Mike McCarthy says Matt Flynn practiced with the first team and Rodgers' chances of playing this week are close to none. Adam. 
What do you think of Matt Flynn? Any value there? You got to have, that's a desperate play. You would really. Desperado. Yes. If, he's, if you're living on the bottom floor of the Hotel California, perhaps <laughs> you can go ahead and start him right there. But the thing is. I should never laugh like that again in life. <laughs> But it's good news for guys like Jared Boykin and Jordy Nelson because Matt Flynn has played pretty well. I like those guys, but not Matt Flynn. All right, let's leave it right there. Still to come, looking for some deep sleepers as you gear for the stretch run. We've got some players in uncertain situations that might just become diamonds in the rough for your fantasy team. And get your gravy boats ready. Our preview of the Turkey Day games are coming up. NFL Fantasy Live back after this. Time now for our Fantasy Coach of the Week, presented by Lenovo. Joined now by Adam Rank and Michael Fabiano. You two went mono e mono in the NFL AM League for Coach of the Week Supremacy. And the winner is, drumroll please, Fabs by 1.7 Wait, where's my points. stat correction? Very, very close. I was very lucky on Monday night because Pierre Garçon, while he had eight catches, did not have that many yards and... That got me the win. I want to talk about one of your moves here, the Ravens defense. I know you're streaming defenses. Why did you decide to pick them up? Well, this was easy, Molly. They were playing the New York Jets, and they were playing them in Baltimore. Anytime a defense plays the Jets, especially when the Jets have to be on the road, you play that defense against Geno Smith, a.k.a. The turnover machine. He is for sure most in the league. Let's show you defenses versus the Jets in 2013. Weeks 2 through 12. And Look at all those points. <laughs> that's exactly what we notice, and that's exactly what we like here in fantasy. Good play yeah. by you. Look at on the road. 24, 19, and 16. All you got to do is watch Geno Smith play for any extended period of time, and you will pick up the opposing defense. You call him the turnover machine. A little bit. All right. You had a good move uh, yourself. It was Chiefs good. defense. You, yeah, it was good. And no. versus the Chargers, yep. but you didn't pick up, I thought, the Chiefs defense. I thought you went no, Giants defense. I benched defense. them. I put the Chiefs on the bench. I went with the Giants. The, the Chiefs Giants. have been playing pretty bad as of late. They haven't really been. The, the, the sacks number were going down. That's mm-hmm. the one thing that stood out to me. And they haven't really been the dominant defense they had been early in the season. And too often, people will get too comfortable with these defenses. They'll fall in love with them and want to continue to play them. But the numbers were already trending down. Didn't have a good feeling about this. Coming off that loss against the Broncos, knowing the Chargers needed a win, it scared me. And so at the last minute, I benched the Chiefs. I went out picked up the Giants because they had a home game against the Cowboys. Windy conditions. Felt that Tony Romo could have been good for a couple of turnovers. It didn't quite work out as perfectly as I would like, but it worked out for uh, worked out better than the Chiefs. I actually think that was the more aggressive move here, Michael Fabiano. To, well, because to you're, sit the Chief- you're a no, Giants homer. No, but he's sitting the Chiefs defense for the Giants defense. All right, so it was a, it was a, cl- a close matchup there, tightly contested. You got the W. Now this week you have both Percy Harvin and Russell Wilson. Seattle hosting New Orleans Monday Night Football. What are you going to do there? Russell Wilson's got a tough matchup. You can't look at this Saints team and think of what they were a couple of years ago. They are really, really tough against the pass. With that being said, Russell Wilson is at least at home. So I'm going to start him. I'm not going to particularly like it because the matchup's bad, but I'm starting Russell Wilson. Now, as for Percy Harvin, there are no more limitations in terms of snaps for him. So if you have held on to him this long or if he's somehow still available on the waiver wire, pick him up. I play him as a three this week in just about all fantasy football leagues. Again, Pete Carroll has said, snap limitation, it's gone.
So you're going to start him. Okay, so he's a pickup off waivers. Let's get to some other waiver wire pickups here, guys. And let's start with Josh McCown, the former high school coach. Cutler's backup in Chicago has a great matchup this week against the Vikes. Is he QB1 status? This yeah. week he absolutely is. Yeah, he's a pretty good starter. I, if you have somebody like Aaron Rodgers or Jay Cutler, even if you have Jay Cutler and you're looking for a quarterback, perhaps you even have somebody like RG3. You know what? You can go up and you can pick up Josh McCown. He's got two pretty good options. That's the one thing I really like about him. He's got Brandon Marshall. He's got Alshon Jeffrey. So whenever you have a quarterback who's got a great mentor in Mark Trestman, great options with Brandon Marshall, with Alshon Jeffrey, he's a pretty good pickup and play this week. Yeah, he's the guru of quarterbacks there, Trestman. All right, let's move on here. Another one, Benny Cunningham, the Rams running back, looks to be the favorite to start this week if Zach Stacy can't get cleared. But they do have a tough matchup against the Niners. You guys on board? You have to pick him up. Zach Stacy is good enough now where he is worth handcuffing. you got to put him in the same conversation as some of the better running backs in fantasy football. And if he's out this week, Cunningham becomes the guy. Yes, he had a big game last week against money Chicago Bears, but their run defense is just not that good. Flex play this week if Cunningham is the guy against the Niners, which are clearly a far better defense. Okay, so McCown and Cunningham, good waiver wire targets. You always got to work those waivers. Gentlemen, good stuff. Congratulations to you on uh, pulling a close one out. Lenovo Coach of the Week. Coming up, we'll break down the best and worst playoff schedules for your fantasy team. Which players are primed to lead you to postseason success? We'll tell you. And a complete breakdown of the players who have confused fantasy owners all season. What will they do for an encore in Week 13? Our predictions are coming up as NFL Fantasy Live continues. Into the end zone. Touchdown. Maurice Jones drew and he's into the end zone. Touchdown, Jacksonville. Well, it is the eternal question. Every week, you have the same one about some of your fantasy stars. Do I start them? Do I sit them? Well, worry no more. These fine gentlemen will take a look at some of the most inconsistent fantasy players and tell you what to do with them going forward. Fabs, why don't you get us started on one of your favorites, Chris Johnson, Oh boy, Tennessee Titans. Luckily, Chris Johnson is no longer a problem for me because I traded him. But look at this thing. If this were a roller coaster, I'd have thrown up there probably about midway down the second graph. He has been so inconsistent this season. It's been laughable coming off a bad game last week. But the fact here is that Chris Johnson is always just 150-yard run or 160-yard catch and run away from putting up a nice stat line. You keep him active week in and week out despite the matchups. This week he's playing the Colts money, a very favorable matchup. The last time he played Indianapolis, he torched that defense. Beyond the Colts this week, you look at the playoffs. You got Denver. You have Arizona, too. Pretty good defenses. I think the the Denver defense has been a little leaky lately. What I'm asking, Fabs, is he a must-start every week, or is he a matchup You would have to have some backup depth to really bench Chris Johnson, despite the fact that we saw this graph. He's so inconsistent. He's still a top 15 running back based on fantasy points. So nine times out of ten, you're starting him. Yeah, and remember against the Colts, the Colts are struggling with their run fits up there up front in that front seven. So I like him against the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. Let's stick with inconsistency at the running back position. Rank, why don't you talk a little Maurice Jones-Drew here? Well, I'm glad you guys are giving me the easy chart. I think this is what he wants his bank account to look like because he is in a contract <laughs> year, and so he's putting together these great weeks as he's closing out the season. So hopefully he will get paid. But fantasy owners who have been playing MJD over the last couple of weeks have been handsomely rewarded. He's actually been 
pretty consistent. And I get this question a lot on Twitter. It seems his name is mentioned more than just about anybody else on Sunday mornings when I'm sitting there chatting with the fans. And they ask about MJD, and each and every week I say, you've got to play this guy. He's got the job all to himself, and that's what you really want in these situations. Somebody who's getting the opportunity, somebody who's not yielding to a guy when it gets near the goal line, and plus he's looking pretty good in the passing game, as you see right there, too. So if you have MJD, I'll go ahead and answer the question for you before it comes. Yes, start on this. You know, I, I can say he's looked as as comfortable as I've, I've seen him all year. I mean, in the passing game, in and out of the backfield, and they're giving him opportunity, 14 rushes. I think they're going to continue to feed Maurice Jones-Drew and get that offense moving. And, with, and certainly it helps when you're winning two of your last three games. And it just – Jacksonville feels like a different team good. right oh, now. Course, yeah. um, speaking of somebody that was in a contract year and then signed a big contract <laughs> and doesn't have to worry about that contract anymore – what about Mike Wallace here, Akbar? Mike Wallace has been disappointing, really. When Just you look a little. at, I mean, when you look at the way he went during the season, he's had more than half of his game under five points. Now, of course, this last game against the Carolina Panthers, he had a big insulin spike all of a sudden, and I think he's going to go back and they're going to kind of regulate his sugar levels. I don't For know that you're going to see. <laughs> Thank you. I, I don't know that you're going to see the same type of production. Think about this: he's got coming up. He's going to have a good matchup against the New York Jets. And then you, all of a sudden you go up against, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots. Uh, you've got Ike Taylor and um, uh, uh, Akeem Tlaib. Yeah. That's going to be a bad matchup in the playoffs. Now, wait a minute. Yeah. Here's what I can't – I mean, look, and I'm not trying to, to pat myself on the back here, but my issue with Mike Wallace all along was I didn't like that Dolphins offensive line. I didn't right. think they were going to allow the route to develop to push that ball downfield. Now it happened for a little while against the Panthers. You just mentioned the Jets, and I think of that front against the Jets, and then you mentioned the Patriots, and you talk about Aqib Tlaib. I mean, how do we start this guy? That, that's what I'm trying – No, no, I'm saying really in, in the playoffs is going to be – I think you could do it against the Jets right, right before you enter the playoffs. But, I but think then you're you, done. When you're done after week – I mean, when you get week 13, 14, ooh. It's tough with him, too, because on Monday we do the That Helps No One. Right. I got a lot of those tweets over the weekend because everybody had benched Mike Wallace and said, you know what, those points are not helping anybody. <laughs> All right, well, a lot of points uh, for a lot of folks playing a lot of players when it comes to the San Diego Chargers offense. I, I guess I will take Phillip Rivers here, and you look at what was a bit inconsistent. It is no more. Uh, Phillip Rivers looks like a must-start moving through the playoffs, even this week when you look at Cincinnati. And, yes, they've got nine sacks in their last two games, even without Geno Atkins, but that offense. Offensive line is healthy. King Dunlop is back from a concussion. Nick Hardwick is playing again. And Phillip Rivers can push the ball downfield, has a number of weapons to go to. Antonio Gates is relevant. Keenan Allen has a shot at being your offensive rookie of the year, perhaps. And Rivers, again, Cincinnati. Then you get the Giants, who are playing better. And Denver, who, even though they're finally healthy, just not the same defense that they once were at the start of the season when it came to being scared of playing some fantasy studs. And Keenan Allen is one of the most added players on NFL.com right now because people got scared off over two bad weeks, and now they're going and they're rushing out and they're picking them back up. Yes. As, as much as Akbar might not like it, he is the best receiver on that team. Vincent Brown. Yeah. The fine okay, San Diego buddy. State Aztec not keep my mouth quiet. How about that? Let's get uh, one more in here, Fabs, and that is Pierre Thomas. Have the Saints found a workhorse back, and can you trust him moving forward? Can you trust him? This is a situation where it's still a backfield committee. Remember, Darren Sproles didn't play last week. He will be back this week. And Thomas isn't putting up gigantic numbers. Last week he had 13 fantasy points. But he's scoring right around 8, 9, 10 fantasy points. It's nice for a low-end RB2 or a flex. I can tell you one thing, guys. I don't like the matchup this week in Seattle. That is a very tough matchup. That downgrades Pierre Thomas from being an RB2 to a flex. And remember, again, 
Darren Sproles is back this week. But Mike James got this defense in Seattle. And the one thing, we talk about the point totals for Pierre Thomas, eight points in five consecutive games. The new world order of running backs now really? says. <laughs> not bad. Now says it's not you, bad. eight yeah. points is it's an RB2. Or a flex. Uh, more importantly, beyond the Seattle game, in the playoffs, if you go week 14, 15, 16, Two of the three weeks are against the Carolina Panthers. Right. That's the big question that's when it comes to Pierre Thomas. That's hard. So, yes or no? What are you is, doing? You got him in, you got him in I the I have him in our league. experts league. Oh, you have him against me this week? I do. Week, I have him against you this week. Start I, will, I will gladly start him. Start him, okay. And I will start him through even the playoff run in the fantasy because Whoa. I just believe in the Saints. <laughs> I, I believe the Saints offense is defense-proof. I really yeah, do. Yeah, sometimes you have a good player yeah. who has a tough matchup. You just got to run it. All right, next on NFL Fantasy Live, we'll take a deep look at some deep sleepers and tell you which players could go boom down the stretch run when NFL Fantasy Live returns. All right, and by the way, I don't know if you guys knew this, but 15 minutes or less can save you 15% or more. On car insurance. Is that right? I just yeah, want to put that pre- out there. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Gonna, gonna that's that. why we, we like the Geico there. Uh, Michael Crabtree is going to play on Sunday for the San Francisco 49ers. They will take on the St. Louis Rams. How do we feel about Crabtree and how it impacts Colin Kaepernick as well? Well, I think Akbar is the guy to talk about this because he suffered an Achilles injury. Crabtree's got all the talent in the world, but... How quickly can he come back and be 100%? You know, not only have I gone through the Achilles process, but I've also seen a player who's a wide receiver go through this process. I saw uh, Ronald Curry with the Oakland Raiders try to make a comeback, and it's so hard yeah. to plant and make your cut. And that, that disturbs the timing for a wide receiver and their route ability. So now all of a sudden you're talking about Colin Kaepernick trying to get that chemistry. Not going to develop his first week back. I think it's safe to say, point being, you want to take a look before you go ahead and put him you in your starting lineup. You can stash him, right. no doubt about that. But start him, that's a different right. story. Yeah, and, and, that's a smart, schedule, yeah, that, and that's the smartest schedule. thing to do is to stash him. Yep. And then maybe you see something by the second week, him coming back. And in the end, when you're in that championship game, maybe that's a smart play to go. But if uh, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't even stash him. I don't care. I know they're playing really? the Falcons in Super Bowl week. It does you know, not matter to me. That's the one I'll, game where you may be but, able to get But are you really going to do that from, in the you, Super Bowl? You know what? I'll tell you who would be a good indicator. Percy Harvin. Look how he's going to come back from his injury. We'll, this would be a perfect time to see now that he's gotten yeah. a couple of weeks. Let's see how he produces. Yeah, Percy, I think, different deal, though, than, than Crabtree. Yes, Again, I'm just is, not starting is. a guy for the first time in the Super Bowl of my <laughs> fantasy football. Like, somebody I would do that to if he wasn't coming back until then would be Aaron Rodgers. But Rodgers is going to be back real soon. He did take part in individual drills. So when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's a no-brainer. The question what? is... Do you now start James Jones, Jordy Nelson, Jared Boykin, perhaps all more those than guys, you were? Yes, all those yeah. guys become live because we said that Tolzien and, and when you look at Matt Flynn, all those guys have their guys that they're starting to develop and the guys who they're practicing with. When it comes to Aaron Rodgers, oh, it's open game for everybody. Everybody's active. Yeah, and when you talk about um, you know Matt Flynn, he did take the starter reps. So it looks like on Thursday he will be the starter um, for that Thanksgiving Day game. The question, of course, is... Are you starting James Jones, Jared Boykin? James Jones against the Lions. For sure. You know, I, I, I'm going to go. I, I would probably pump the brakes on Boykin. I would go James Jones, and of course, I would go with Jordy Nelson. I don't know about Boykin and, and Aaron Rodgers. Boykin's seeing those targets. Well, Aaron yeah. Rodgers isn't but, playing but, this but week. Think about Boykin it. Boykin is seeing the targets. No, no, he's seeing the targets, but when you think about when Boykin was practicing, he wasn't practicing taking first team reps with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers probably don't even know him. I got two words for both of you guys. Taekwon Underwood. <laughs> he just put it on that Detroit secondary with Mike that Lennon. Is correct. So I, I think you're all right. If and you're you've playing Jordy Nelson, receivers. too. We, we, we know that. All right. Sure. Two uh, waiver wire targets, and this would be Michael Fabiano's top 10 waiver wire targets. Some interesting names up here, Fabs. Now, obviously, the waiver wire has been picked clean, 
Um, in most leagues that are still live, 13. yes. So give us an idea of what we're looking at here. Why don't we get started there with Cordero Patterson and why he is an interesting waiver wire target. He's not producing on the field from a fantasy perspective, but he's seeing a lot of targets. He had eight catches last week, albeit it was for about 42 yards or something like that. But Greg Jennings has been an abject disaster in Minnesota. Jerome Simpson's not scaring anybody. Neither is Jarius Wright. The Vikings are going to want to see what they have in this kid. He's a rookie. Get him some game experience. Get him some targets. They're already starting to do that. I'm not saying to start him, right. Money. Pick him up. See what happens. Well, and that's why they're called deep sleepers Correct. on the waiver wire that's been picked clean like turkey on the bone. Just clean off. Uh, <laughs> how about Dennis Pitta? He's back at practice. You know, I like Dennis Pitta. I mean, when we see Dennis Pitta, of course, he's got that hip injury. When they do bring him back, he's scheduled to come back hopefully by week 14. But that's a natural chemistry with between him and Joe Flacco. And if you're suffering in the, the tight end position, maybe you have a Jordan Reed who's out or you're concerned with Julius Thomas and you're struggling because there's nothing available, Dennis Pitta could be a very good fit. We've seen his production. And something that we talked about a couple weeks ago when we said position yourself for a playoff run, keep an eye on who might be available and who might be an injury replacement. And Monte Ball was one of the names that came up. And there's a good reason why. Number one, no Sean Moreno has not been able to stay healthy. And number two, he's starting to earn the trust of Peyton Manning, of John Fox slash Jack Del Rio in that pass protection game because they don't like to do a lot of sub packages when they're on offense. They move at a pretty quick pace. Monte Ball, a great target. Even you just see the 3.7. We don't know what the future of Mo Sean Moreno is going to be with that injury. And they like to run the ball in Denver. It's part of handcuffing your st- stud running backs at this point of the season. It's vital to do that. Why don't you keep that going with a handcuff and and old Bobby Turbin straight out of uh, Logan, Utah, the Utah State Aggies, huh? If the Seattle Seahawks win this weekend on Monday night and beat the New Orleans Saints, they're three games up in the NFC, which means week 16, they could be starting to maybe rest some of these guys, and you don't want that to happen to you if you have Marshawn Lynch. So go out and grab Turbin as insurance. Here's my only concern there. I thought they were going to do that all season. I thought that's why they drafted Kristen Michael. I thought that's why they had three running backs, save Marshawn Lynch for the playoffs. I'd just be nervous. You know, if Marshawn Lynch is active, I'd be extremely nervous to put Turbin in my lineup. But I, I think, I think no it's a handcuff. You're that. absolutely that's right. That's something where you have to listen to yeah. the news. Let's go to uh, Brandon Bolden. Well, we, Speaking of a confusion <laughs> in the backfield. You know, this is one player that I think could be not only a player that you pick off the waiver wire, but you get ready to play him in, in certain situations. He can be a very good flex player. When you see the situation with Ridley and the fumbling going on, there's ball secure. It's a high premium because we know that the Patriots are committed to excellence. He's not. He's shown that. And when you look at it, he's had three rush down, touchdowns in three of the last four games. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, and yet, guess what? He doesn't fumble the ball. Yes. <laughs> you know, when it comes ball to security. Ball, at least exactly. not yet. Not yet. Don't jinx him. There's I'm, still I'm time telling bolded. people to look All right, to play these him. turkeys are no roasted. Jinx. It's time for a Thanksgiving Day preview. Gobble, gobble, money. Adam Rank, do you know why this is my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving? Why do you like Thanksgiving so much? The three Fs. Okay. Football. Right. Family. Food. Oh, I thought you were going to say three fingers of scotch. No, I, I wasn't going there. All right, let's get right into our Turkey Day triple header with the Packers-Lions game. How about you give us a little holiday treat here? Okay. Give me one player you like, okay. one player you dislike in Motown on Thursday. Okay, I will start with a young man the guys were just talking about, Jared Boykin. I really like this matchup going up against the Lions. If you saw 
once he started playing, even when Aaron Rodgers was a quarterback, he was targeting him a ton, and those targets have continued. And as you see, he's become one of the most consistent options for the Packers, at least nine fantasy points in three consecutive games. I like this matchup against the Lions, and as Money was saying, Daquan Underwood was able to go out as the number two receiver against Detroit and torch them. I look for Borkin to do it this week. A guy I don't like, Nate Burleson. He did well last week against the Bucks because Matt Stafford – locks in on his number one receiver so much, but we often just dismiss it because his number one option is Megatron, so people don't think about it, but the Bucks kind of exposed him and said, you know what, when we take away your number one option, he's not as good, and that's why the, the Lions haven't really been able to develop a consistent number two option, so in this instance, I'm going to leave him on the bench because the Green Bay Packers don't have somebody to shut down Megatron. He's going to be targeted a lot. Next up, let's go to Jerry's World Oakland. Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Who's hot, who's not? I like Rod Streeter in this matchup. He's become the guy that Matt McGloin has looked for ever since he's taken over. As a matter of fact, he's had 17 targets in the last two games started by McGloin. And the Cowboys give up tons of points. They've given up the most points to quarterbacks. They've given up the most points to running backs. They've given up just the 12th most points to receivers. I don't know how the, all that works, but let's just say the Cowboys aren't very good on defense. And I would normally make a Monty Kiffin joke here, but since it's the holidays, I'm going to let it go. You're being nice. I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to say pick up Rod Streeter. You can start him. A guy I don't like, I don't like Miles Austin. He returned last week, had just three targets. Those came very late. They weren't looking for him until very late in the game. And it's a good matchup for him, but that means better games for Des Bryant, better games for Terrence Williams. I feel more comfortable with those guys. And anybody, any anytime you have somebody who's coming off that hamstring injury, I'm a little apprehensive about it. You don't want to go out on a Thursday game Put in a guy like Miles Austin and have him burn you by re-injuring himself. So leave him on the bench. This next one, a big rivalry, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. I love these animations. Who's oh, yeah. thumbs up and it's who's nice. thumbs See, those down. guys, they, they didn't have the thumbs up, they thumbs They didn't. Down. You get the extra bonus. Who's your thumbs up going to? I'm going to go with Ray Rice. I know it's difficult to say this because Ray Rice has been one of the most inconsistent running backs in fantasy football. But you know what? Really good, really good start here against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's had at least 75 scrimmage yards in five consecutive games against the Steelers who look like they're not quite the same. Like, if you took the uniforms off, they would look like the Jags or they'd look like the Browns. There's not a lot of speed on that team. So they're not, not the Steelers so that you think of. they're not the greatest. Not the Steelers that you would think of. All right. Who's thumbs down in this one? I hate to say it, but Le'Veon Bell is somebody who I'm really apprehensive about. He's been a great late-round steal for you in most fantasy drafts. He's been very consistent for the Steelers over the last couple of weeks, but I don't like this matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. They've allowed just one rushing touchdown this entire season. As a matter of fact, in NFL history, no team has gone the entire year allowing two or less rushing touchdowns. So the Ravens are closing in on a record, so I don't like it. And again, it's Thursday I'm apprehensive on Thursday. I don't want my whole entire week blown because Le'Veon Bell gets whole, held to four points. Yeah, that's bad, and that's not the that's bad. Not that's good. But it'll be four fingers, Scott. That <laughs> this like-dislike thing, you got it down pat. I understand you write a column about this. We do. Every Friday I offer up my likes and dislikes in sports, TVs, movies, so much. As a matter of fact, this week we're going to focus in on fantasy football. Really? In my fantasy football column, I'm going to talk about Really? It. This just – and you wear fantastic socks. How oh, do you these do things? it all? We can't oh, get. Oh, nice we got him in the shot. Wow, that's nice of you. All right, Let's good stuff. You are thumbs up. He's a like. <laughs> Next on NFL Fantasy Live, yeah, I'm corny. Is Mad Ryan, Andrew Luck, or Stephen Ridley sinking your fantasy team? We'll tell you which players you should pursue to fill the void when NFL Fantasy Live returns. 
If some top players let you down in 2013, well, don't worry. We're here to lend a hand. Going to review some of the top disappointments and tell you which players you ought to replace your fading stars with. Let's get it started with Matt Ryan. My goodness. I mean, really was like the sleeper quarterback of the century. And well, not really the century, I guess the decade, last three, four years, but has not been the case lately, Fabs. He has really struggled, and part of it's been offensive line issues. Part of it's been Julio Jones is out. Part of it's been Roddy White's been banged up. You can't really play him, and it's too bad because this week he's got a great matchup against the Buffalo Bills who have struggled to stop quarterbacks, but I just can't trust Matt Ryan at this point, not with the team around him, Money. And again, you saw there on the board, quarterbacks that have produced more points than Matt Ryan. Matt, Mike Glennon, of course, the rookie in Tampa, one of those. The Chiefs defense, uh, Akbar, when you talk about could have been the fantasy sleeper of the year, one of the greatest selections in the history of fantasy football, and now look at who's been outproducing the Kansas City Chiefs. The Jaguars. There they are. Yeah, I mean, they came off really hot, but now they're going to face a little bit more uh, of, not controversy, but they've got a little issue going on right now. They've got their defensive ends right now a little banged up. Houston. They, they, They got Houston, Holly. Those guys, without those guys, it's very hard to create pressure, change in games. These guys were real-life game changers. So I I say you got to caution if you're thinking about playing the Chiefs. And guess who's coming to town this week? The Denver Broncos. And they are not happy off off a loss. And Peyton Manning, very good following losses to Tom Brady and the Patriots in his career. Here you go. Quarterbacks with more points than Andrew Luck. Well, no surprise, Nick Foles. He's got darn near more points than anybody these days when it comes to that position. Ben Roethlisberger, though, back and relevant. Phillip Rivers, back and relevant. And then you see Andrew Luck right there. Here's my concern with Andrew Luck. And it's one of the reasons why the the St. Louis Rams produced 29 points against the Colts. Bad offensive line. Bad protection. When you have a good pass rush, Andrew Luck does not have enough time to get those routes to develop, especially with no Reggie Wayne. Since he went down with injury, this offense has been different. They get blown out in a couple of these games, especially when you have teams with great pass rush. That includes, even without Geno Atkins, the Cincinnati Bengals in the first week of the playoffs. They have nine sacks in their last two games. And that is a leaky offensive line that I would be a whole mess of concerned about. Yeah, and he only <laughs> yeah. has one game with a touchdown pass over the last three. He had no touchdowns the last right. time he played the Titans. Right. How about Steven Ridley? Uh, you get a look here. And by the way, just so you're not misled by the numbers posted on the board here, he did have a bye included. So when you see Bobby Rainey in the 46.3, understand that Ridley had a bye included in there. But, but Fabs, when we look at Ridley, what, what do we do with him moving forward? Listen, I don't have Bill Belichick's cell phone, Nakbar, do you? Uh, no, I don't. Then uh, I have no idea what to do with Stephen Ridley. I prefer to bench him. It looks like he could be losing that starting job, fumbling away not only <laughs> his starting snaps, position, <laughs> but fantasy value as well. Right now, it's more about Brandon Bolden. Shane Vereen is really the only guy that I trust. And that's in a PPR league out of this New England yeah. backfield. And look, they, they want that buy. They absolutely want that buy. They want the number two slot in the AFC, and that means no patience for guys that are putting the ball on the turf as much as Stephen Ridley is. We go now to Stephen Jackson. Running backs, more points than Stephen Jackson. And, yeah, 17.4. That's, um, that's pretty bad there. So the question, of course, in four games and 17.4 points, Akbar, what do we do with Stephen Jackson? You forward? know what? You, you really can't play him. You can't trust can't. him. I mean, it, you know, you're going to be tempted because of his name brand value. But Stephen Jackson, we've been waiting and waiting. And right now, the, the Atlanta Falcons, they're not giving him the ball like he should. Now, he's coming off of a game where he had 16 carries. Yep. But prior to then, he's only had games, two games where he had over 12 snaps. Uh, that's not good. 
everything else is 11 carries and below. Yeah, first touchdown of the season came on Thursday night. And like you said, a lot of carries and somewhat decent production. Let's quickly go to Jordan Cameron here. Boy, did he start out fast. Last four weeks, averaging about, well, less than three points per game. Fabs, what do we do with him? I will tell you this. He's got a good matchup this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have given up yeah. a lot of fantasy points to tight ends. But I still start him unless, this week. unless I have another option that I can use, an Antonio Gates or someone like that. Because remember, this was a guy who was drafted late or not at all, picked up off the waiver wire, so you could have a better option. If you don't, I'm playing him. All right. Well, we're not done yet. We're going to talk to the fantasy playoffs. We're going to look at the fantasy playoffs, tell you which players have the toughest and which have the easiest schedules as we help you get ready for a deep playoff run. NFL Fantasy Live rolls on. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live presented by Geico. We all saw this past Sunday how uncomfortable Peyton Manning looked in the cold in Foxborough. He reminded me of Randy in A Christmas Story, just going out with Ralphie. <laughs> just, I mean, he, had, he had a turtleneck on and the gloves and the whole thing. Okay, it's a trend. <laughs> right? It is a trend with Peyton that has a lot of fantasy owners spooked. And uh, you look at it here. Temperature at or below freezing. Yeah, three and seven. You see the completion percentage, the passing yards, the touchdown to interception, and the passer rating. That, not all that impressive. So, Akbar, I lean on you, a man that put on the plastic outfit and played the game. How important is cold weather? Not bad weather, not blizzard or, you know, thunderstorms, a muddy field, that sort of thing, but just cold weather. Players don't factor in cold. I mean, you see a lot of players when they come out warming up, a lot of players will come out in shorts just to show that they have the mental edge over the element. And coaches always preach that. Do not let the elements defeat you. And I don't think that – now, I know what the stats say about Peyton Manning, and those are facts. We can't, you know, we can't dispute that. But when Peyton Manning's preparing for a game, he never thinks, that, oh, boy, this is a cold-weather game. I'm not going to play well. That's not a big factor when you look at uh, players producing. He, he can think that. I certainly can go the other way <laughs> and be like, nope, it's cold. I'm not playing. So now the question is, is it a bad playoff or is it a bad weather schedule? That's kind of the choice you'll have to make. Is it a bad game in the playoffs for you in fantasy football or is it a bad game because it is in a bad weather stadium, I guess is what we're saying. So you see here, bad fantasy playoff schedules. Danny Amendola, Larry Fitz, and Marshawn Lynch. Why don't we focus on top two? And Adam, why don't you get us started on Larry Fitzgerald against the pass rush of the Rams, the solid defense of the Titans, and of course, Seattle and the Legion of Boom. Yeah, he's really been consistent over the last couple of weeks. He's come out and put out great back-to-back performances, and Carson Palmer and him have really started to hone in. But he's gonna, it's going to be a little bit of nervous time. There's first two games, the one against Seattle, the one against Tennessee. I could see putting him up against those guys and playing them, putting them in your flex spot or something like that. It's the Seattle one that would really throw me off. Seattle has been very tough against big receivers like Larry Fitzgerald. So that's where I would have a little bit of apprehension. And when you talk about the injuries that the Broncos had sustained in their secondary, it should have been a good matchup for Danny Amendola. It wasn't. It was Julian Edelman that got all the love. How concerned are we about Amendola moving forward. You know, I am concerned about Danny Amendola. I think he falls into the name brand category as far as fantasy players. When you look at the nine games that he's played in, he's only had 22, excuse me, 78% of his games, he's been under five and a half points. So he hasn't been very productive when he's been in the game. So he's had those two big games where everybody's going, oh yeah, Danny Amendola. But I think right now, this is Gronk's game. He's going to be the guy that's mainly targeted in here. We haven't seen the same Amendola. And of course, there's that injury factor. Do we trust him? Can he, will right. he get hurt again? 
again, I, I don't trust Danny Amendola moving forward. He's he's one of those guys that you got to keep your eye on and do one of these things like this. You know? <laughs> oh, one of the concerns, <laughs> one eye, uh, Danny Amendola. All right, let's get to the good playoff schedule and players that you ought to think about inserting into your lineup that maybe you hadn't before. Uh, Gio Bernard and the Bengals coming off that bye week. Pierre Garçon, even though didn't have a whole lot of yardage last night, had the targets and had the receptions. If you're in a PPR league, you're good there. And then you have Delaney Walker at the bottom. Why don't we get started with Walker, that ever-elusive tight end position. He has been one of the most pleasant surprises for fantasy owners who have been struggling to pick up a fantasy tight end, and he's been really good at home. He's had at least 11 points in his last three home games, and now you start looking at the big tight end position. Now, there's guys like Jordan Cameron, who you've been riding for a long time. I guess I'm speaking about myself, but you know what? Sometimes you have to look at the matchups and look at the guys who are just playing well, and with Fitzgerald, or Fitzpatrick, I should say, he's been playing very well. And you know, and I'll add one more thing, too. Going up against the Arizona Cardinals, that those defense of uh, linebackers, not very good in coverage, and that's why they give up a lot of points to tight ends. All right, how about it, Fabs? Gio Bernard must start from here on out. I love looking at that schedule for Gio Bernard. That's part of the reason I traded for him in our Experts League, one of the most versatile and explosive running backs in the National Football League. Now, he does have a tough matchup on paper this week against San Diego. I think he's still a flex starter, but when you get into the fantasy playoffs money, you're looking at a guy who could produce RB2 numbers, and I'll tell you something right now. This guy should be drafted in the first round next season. Yeah. Ooh, look He's at that. that. I mean, he is, he is know, that good. Campaign and already I love Green Gio. becoming more and more irrelevant yes. in that offense as the season has gone on. All right, Wednesday, we give you a complete Turkey Day fantasy preview as you set your lineups for Week 13. NFL Fantasy Live returns again Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.